as entrepreneurs, we want to make a huge difference. And one of the things that we need is economic glue to put this all together. We're out there creating tremendous value. And by doing that, this is how capitalism works. We all know we deliver tremendous value to the right people. We get value back. But there's some things in between merchant accounts. <laughs> and I don't know about you. Uh, I know the very first time I started with a merchant account, I not only did I overpay, I had the wrong relationship with the wrong bank and all this, and it was a nightmare. When you do it right, it is amazing. And I have a remarkable entrepreneur here with us today. I met at Joe Polish's Genius Network Mastermind, oftentimes referred to as 25K. And it was the annual event, and Ryan shared in a short talk more on merchant bank or merchant banking and more on merchant financing than I knew. And there were so many little things that are, are going to make the difference for you know, many of you, thousands, tens of thousands, and so, for some of you, maybe millions of dollars. I know it has for me. I'm John Bowen. We're at AES Nation, all about accelerating your success. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss this. Ordinary success. No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Ryan, uh, I am so excited to have you here today. You have uh, made a uh, you know, huge difference in so many other people's life because you got as frustrated as I did on the merchant account stuff, but you actually did something more than I did. So uh, get, you know, we're going to go into kind of some of the, the key elements that all of us as entrepreneurs, I mean, if you're doing anything where you're using charge cards, you, you need to know this, but you know, maybe a little bit of backstory. What was the journey that you went on, Ryan, and, and, you know, and to get to where you guys are today, uh, you know, as big a player as you are? Yeah, thanks, John. It's it's good to be here, and I'll uh, I'll tell you that. So, um, <clears throat> I started. It's interesting. I started in this business about 15 years ago, and was put in charge of merchant accounts for a marketing company. So I was hired. Uh, to be the the merchant processing manager and as as the manager of merchant processing was managing about hundred and fifty merchant accounts for a large marketing company and it was my first introduction to merchant processing and, and that world and that was back in geez 2005 2004 um, and it was a it was a constant battle over pricing, over reserves, trying to keep accounts open, trying to understand why numbers never matched, why what all these other fees were, why, you know, and, and I had to suddenly answer to our CEO about why all those things were happening. I, I know what I want, Ryan. I just want my money. <laughs> you know, I don't want all this, you know, you're going to hold back something, you're going to charge me for this, that, and so on. It's, it's you know, I, there are a lot of businesses that make it really complicated, but I think this is this one may win the award. Yes, on purpose, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's purposely ambiguous. 
it, it's much like our friends at the FTC. It is it is defined ambiguously so that it can be applied as they wish. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough business to understand, and we got tired of not being able to understand it. I got tired of not being able to give good answers on why things didn't match up and where was the money and I wanted us to I wanted to sleep well at night. So we did an interesting thing that I shared with you at uh, at Joe's event and that was we went uh, I took a couple people from my department and we actually went to a a meeting as a merchant processor even though we weren't yet. Um, we invented some name I think we were called National Payment Services and we went and attended this meeting and went to this training meeting and there were about 200 people in there that were all registered agents of Visa and MasterCard so they were ISOs and they these were people selling merchant processing and we were terrified when we left there because they knew nothing they were asking silly questions that we as merchants knew the answer to I just no I just want to stop for a second Ron I've gone to a couple of those conferences not the merchant ones yeah. but you know other industries and you're expecting i remember as a financial advisor and i went to one of the largest pension ones where you know the big fortune 50 were at and they're asking questions and i'm going these guys are responsible for tens of billions of dollars so th this is this is educational because it really does cause you to rise to the occasion and you know how, how did you rise to the occasion well you know what we did is we said if these guys can if these guys represent this industry we can do it better there's no reason we can't do this and with our background in marketing and our understanding of marketing we should be able to do this better so since we already did um, telesales coaching sales direct response marketing neutra marketing we you know we did all that stuff infomercial production we thought well this is the hard stuff to process if we already know how to process the hard stuff, the easy stuff should be easy. So let's go do our own. So we started our, our own merchant processing, registered with Visa, we registered with MasterCard, we got some banks behind us, and we started our own little company. And then about five years ago, we merged with some guys here out of Utah, and we are now one of the fastest growing companies in Utah. I think we hit, I think we're number four in uh, Utah County for fastest growing companies and we just hit the Inc. 5000, I think we're number 1004 <laughs> fastest growing companies in the country. So we are well, really good at what we well, do. Congratulations, I know you're on your way up. But yeah. what I really enjoyed, you know, I always love uh, when we're, you know, I get the uh, privilege of talking with someone who's actually done it. I, I, I like that you've done it for yourself first, for the, you know, the company you're working with. And now you, you guys are scaling up. You're working with some of the, the biggest players on online marketing where, I mean, merchant accounting, you know, I mean, the, the, the account uh, systems are so critical, but really in traditional businesses, <laughs> very critical too. And they, you, you talked, and I want you to share with our, uh, with our fellow entrepreneurs, Really, you talked about a three-legged stool, that there were three key drivers of a successful relationship. And the very first one I'd like you to dive into is technology because, you know, I mean, this to me, you know, credit cards seem to be around forever. Actually, I have a good friend who started the, he was the number one guy who started the Bank of America, what became Bank of America card. And uh, he, he's done exceptionally well. He's a billionaire now, too. But so I know it's a good idea, but that whole processing side, um, you know, it, 
it it takes um, you know it just isn't the technology. I mean, what should we be looking for in our businesses? Yeah, good question. So, technology is very it changes quickly, right? You can see that it's it's what what some company comes out with today that's new and and amazing. Everybody else is going to copy tomorrow. So everybody, ev any legitimate merchant processor is going to be able to have a phone swiping system, right? So our own app. We have, our, we have an app um, that you can simply access and plug in a swiper to your iPhone or your, or your you know, whatever uh, iPad or what, what have you. Um, that is pretty simple technology. Um, things, I saw something the other day that said 40% of holiday shopping this year will be done on phones. And, and that's pretty incredible. I, I would not have thought 40% would be done on phones. So if, you don't, if you're not moving towards some type of phone technology and you're not selling your products on the phone, uh, you're probably behind the curve. And you need to start working on that on the phone sales. So the technology is always um, moving and on the phone. One, one thing I wanted to mention, though, is that most companies have similar technology. Um, one of the areas where I think that we do really well is is an, an area of aggregation, where you can actually give merchants the ability to be their own merchant processor. And that's one of the things I talked about, and one of the things that we're trying to do is to to move towards that. So John Bowen can have John Bowen processing, right? And and whatever you wanted to set up, you could set up your own merchant accounts and be your own processor and we'd do underwriting for you and you'd have no risk. And that's the way the world's headed, right? People want merchant accounts immediately and they don't want to pay um, fees that they don't understand and they want to be able to white label at them at those merchant accounts for themselves and they want flat rate, easy to understand pricing. And so people are tired of that traditional model where you turn in a merchant app and wait for two weeks, mm -hmm. you know, hope that you, hope and pray that you get an account and then have your money held. That's an old model. It really is interesting, you know, how uh, this all comes together, because when I look at the technology, I, you know, I think of it as fairly simple. And then I know we charge an awful lot of business and, you know, we do a, a fair amount of telephone sales in our my primary business is coaching financial advisors, the top ones, and, and a lot of that's over the phone, but we also have, you know, through the internet and so on. And, and you know, I, I want it to be seamless. And, you know, I don't want my, you know, either the salespeople or the technology or the uh, financial guys to have to worry about it. And, and that's, it, it is so important because, I mean, there are some old providers that just make it really hard that aren't growing and as the technology is racing ahead. And so, you know, one, you want to make sure all our fellow entrepreneurs, you know, I want to make sure that you go ahead and you will, you know, whoever you're going to use, you're, you're making sure that their technology is aligned with you and they're committed to grow. But you mentioned the kind of the second leg of the stool and that that's the pricing. And I'll tell you, Ryan, I've gone through with, you know, my financial guys. I remember the first time I saw, you know, I, I, had been, I grew up in the investment part, so we had all the money. We just deducted our fees out of the account. It was a much simpler then. And now, you know, I'm looking and it's this charge, that charge. I mean, I, 
I, I didn't know it was possible to have the, you know, I mean, some of the detailed reports that come, you know, to me on a monthly basis, it's just, it's huge. And, you know, it's confusing. And, and what would, you know, how do I know whether I have a good price? You know, my fellow entrepreneurs, how do they know? Yeah, um, good question. And I, I, I actually was on the phone with a customer this morning who asked me that. And uh, the, really the only way to know that is education because there are a lot of bait and switch um, tactics in this business, right? So if you go online right now, I mean, you can go online and just anybody can search for credit card processing and you'll come up with some really great posted rates. Some, you know, you'll see credit card processing for 2.15% online. And you and you'll say to yourself, "Wow, two point one five." I when I see that, I forward that to my financial guys. I say, "Guys, you're supposed to be." You know, this is a while ago before I knew all this stuff with your help. But you know, you know, guys, go. How come? You know, just on an ad they're running that. I mean, you know, we're doing a pretty big volume of business. We don't even have close to that. You know, what's going on? Why are we paying 3% yeah. when they've got 2.15? Well, it wasn't quite that bad, but it felt like that type right. thing. And what they don't tell you is that's just a gimmick to get you to call because you'll never pay 2.15 yeah. because that's their qualified rate and everybody has a non-qualified rate or a mid-qualified rate and you're not going to pay that. So there are a couple things that I wanted to just if I could take a couple minutes and just explain some pricing stuff and I'll do it in a macro level and then of course if anybody wants to have a really fascinating in-depth conversation with me on pricing they can always reach me and I'll explain more but, uh, and then let me just set this you know we'll talk about how to get out, reach you uh, you know yeah. at the end of the uh, podcast but I mean this is this is something I think that's so critical and, and you know to me this is really found money. I mean, once you get the technology, because the technology is working at no price is right, but once the technology is working, you got the systems in place, you know, pricing is, is an important component. And we got one more we're gonna go to, but uh, yeah. Ryan is an expert at this. Go ahead, Ryan. So yeah, let me get, um, deliver some value here. Because I, I think what's gonna be really good for everybody to understand is, is just a macro level of how pricing works. So there are certain fees that you're going to see on your statements. A lot of those are handed down by Visa and MasterCard. Um, you'll see a 1.95% use fee. That's across the board. Nobody can change that. So if you don't like that, you jumping to another current merchant processor isn't going to change that. There are all kinds of little 0.11 basis points that you have to pay for certain things. Um, 45 basis points for cross-border fees. Most of those are set by Visa MasterCard. And so they're dictated to the banks and there's just nothing people can do about them. However, the basis for the fees is, is set on what's called interchange. So everybody needs to know there are interchange rates. Interchange would be the equivalent of um, wholesale pricing okay so the banks and it all comes down to about five big banks in the United States and in China those big banks all issue what's called interchange rates and they, they do that in accordance with Visa and MasterCard there are over 700 interchange rates that's why nobody really talks about it because they're extremely confusing 
So what happens is the merchant processors and the merchant processing banks have to pass on that interchange rate or wholesale pricing to the consumer. So they mark it up a little bit, right? They have retail pricing and that is what the consumer ends up paying. So there is nothing anybody can do about interchange. It is what it is, right? That's the cost of doing business that everybody starts with on the same price, same playing field, level playing field. We all have the same interchange rates. The question is, how does the merchant processor pass that interchange rate on to you, the customer? There are two ways to do that. One is to do what's called cost plus pricing. That is the more rare form of, form of pricing, and it's good if you have a lot of debit cards because it's a, it's a really good way to save money. What you can do is they take the cost, whatever interchange is that comes in on your card, and they add something to it. So, John, if I were to price your account at cost plus 30 basis points, what the that would mean is that anytime somebody purchased from you and used a credit card, no matter what interchange rate it came in at, any of those 700 rates, we would just pass that rate through to you, plus we'd add 30 basis points to it, or one-third of a percent. That would be our profit as a merchant processor. Our profit would be 30 that, basis that's points. That's not, Ryan, that sounds too simple. I mean, that, then I would understand it. <laughs> well, <it's> <laughs> You know what, though, John, you would understand it, but you'd also have a five-page statement because they'd list all 50 of the different fees that came in plus the 30 basis points. So the other way to do it is the more traditional way, and that's to just lump everything into buckets. So what the bank says is we're going to take these 300 interchange rates and call that qualified rate. We're going to take because on an average that comes in at about 2%, and so mm -hmm. if we charge 2.5%, well then we're gonna make a profit on it, right? And then they lump everything else into what's the next 150 into what they call a mid-qualified rate, and then they lump, they lump all the rest into a non-qualified rate. That way you just have three different rates, or if you're online you only pay two rates, qualified and non-qualified, and then if your charge comes in, let's say it's at 2.8 or 1.85 percent, you probably get charged 2.5 percent. If it comes in at a non-qualified rate of 3 percent, they charge you 3.5 percent. So that way, there's always a markup, and that's the more traditional form of pricing that a lot of people are used to. The nice thing about that, John, is you don't have a five-page statement; you just have. No, you, you could you could actually read it. <laughs> So neither way is better than the other. There are a lot of businesses out there that'll tell you, oh, you're getting ripped off by, that, by those guys that are doing discount rate. If you do cost plus, it's always cheaper. Well, that's not true. That's a gimmick. So let me ask you, Ryan, so that, uh, you know, I help everybody understand, including me, you know, the, so we've got the interchange rate that's, you know, uh, it is what it is and the banks yeah. are charging that. So then we, you know, we're going to have, we can have kind of a cost plus or a bundled approach. And what the merchant organization, an organization like yours, what they're doing is they're, they're looking, obviously they want to make a profit as they should. And then they're, you're, they're looking at the level of risk and kind of pricing it based on that. Or how, how does that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. It's based on the level of risk. So if a, you know, if, if, if a merchant is delivering a physical product, for example, 
as opposed to a merchant that is delivering content or educational content over a six-month period. That educational content over a six-month period is far more risky to us than you delivering a DVD set immediately. Because in one case, the customer is being fulfilled immediately, and once that customer's been fulfilled, um, we're not holding any liability anymore. On the other hand, if you're delivering a six-month educational program to a customer, and you were to fall out of an airplane, you know, or a hot air balloon three months into that... I don't like that at all, yeah. you know. That, you know. <laughs> See what people don't understand is we are the, we're on the line because your customers. You mean the, the big banks? They're not on the line. No, the big banks pass that on to us. Okay. So I have to now make sure that your customer gets his three months of services back, right? And so I actually people forget that it's that what a credit card is is it's a, it's really a short term loan, right? That's what a credit card is. It's credit, and so I'm the one that's giving you that credit and I hold that note if you will until it's fulfilled and so yeah we do have well risk. And let's talk about this because I didn't know this part um, I'm you know I'm hearing these hold back and reserves and I've always had a fairly consistent business in anything I've ever done but then I started hanging out with guys like Joe Polish and you know in different and Joe's really is more consistent but uh, Jeff Walker would be a better example of product launch formula where Jeff, you know, has huge revenue all at once. And, you know, we see, you know, that this is pretty common uh, in the industry, in the online industry. And it is seasonal for, you know, many of you are selling widgets. You know, I know yes. my wife spends more on Christmas, you know, during Christmas yes. time uh, type thing. And, and this whole back in reserves, how does that work? Because as an entrepreneur, you know, Ryan, I don't like somebody standing in between me and my money. Right. Yeah, and that's there are a lot of different ways to do reserves. And the reserves, some people look at them as a forced savings account, and they're okay with them. Some people hate them. You know, if you're a business that operates on a 10 12% margin, then a reserve is hard because it ends up killing your cash flow. And I think, obviously, that's something that really helps us is you know, I actually spoke with another customer this morning who was calling me uh, on nutraceuticals. Well, I, I run my own nutraceutical offers, so I understand the, the, the pains associated with processing a nutraceutical offer because I do it myself. And so those reserves are in place to help not only us but the merchant. We try not to do reserves. We really do. And that's that's a constant battle between me and my uh, underwriting and risk group, right? Mm -hmm. The risk group likes to have reserves, and I, as the sales guy, hate reserves because um, I don't want anything to stand between me and taking care of the customer. So those reserves, take a, take a Jeff Walker or a Frank Kern, right, or uh, Andy Jenkins, any of these guys that run these launches, Mike Keenig's. You know, we process for all these guys. Well, and just for those of you who don't know the online side, I mean, these guys can go for a long time without a credit card hit. And then in one day, you know, five million and more in, yeah. you know, chunks of anywhere from $500 to a couple thousand or 5,000. And Frank's done some at 10. I mean, these are, you know. I'd kind of wonder, you know, you don't hear from somebody and all of a sudden five million comes by. I mean, why would you ever think there was a problem? <laughs> you know, yeah. 
And not only do they run then five million, but then for the next two months, nothing but reserve, but refunds and chargebacks, right? Well, that's the part of the industry. A lot of times, as it told, is you know when you give a thirty-day guarantee to an intellectual property uh, type thing that's an impulse buy, there's surprisingly there's some refunds. There are. Yep, and it's a high refund business, and that's okay. See, and I really believe, John, that's what sets us apart. Again, because we do it, we know that, right? I mean, you can go to several of the big banks, um, you know, a, a Wells Fargo or a First Data, and they that they'll they'll underwrite you, they'll set you up for those kinds of models, and right. then they will shut you down after thirty days because they hate that model. Uh, and I, I do know that for a fact too. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and we have a lot of we get a lot of business. I mean, the Frank Kearns and the Mike Keenigs of the world, that's how they come to us is when they've been shut down by those banks and they need help. Let's talk about, because we're kind of going into the third part, the third leg of the stool. I mean, you know, we've talked about technology and I, I am just such a, today's world is so critical that, you know, the technologies are tying together and it's seamless. The second part, pricing is to really understand the pricing make sure it's equitable you know understand there's risk there's a business transaction so you know effectively a short-term loan as we've talked about but make sure that you've got the right pricing third part and and, and this is much more critical because i i really kind of looked at it before i got involved with the online guys that had all these problems I go, you know you charge something you get your money and it's done uh relationships these are critical uh, ryan why are they so critical let's bring everybody up to speed. Well, they're, they're critical, John, because they're run, banks are still run by people, right? The, the merchant processing rules are all still run by people and the rules like we established at the beginning of the call are somewhat ambiguous. And so if those rules uh, fall into a gray area and can be manipulated one way or the other, don't you want the guy on the other side to know you and to understand your business and to be your friend because you're going to find that negotiation goes a lot better if that's the case, right? So let's, let me put it this way because it also kind of helps finish up what we were talking about a second ago. If Jeff Walker, who, who's a good friend of mine, I know him well, and if, 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 and if anybody wants to learn more about Jeff at AES Nation, I did, did one of the first podcasts and Jeff is a great personal friend and one of the highest integrity guys, but he does get a lot of money in short periods. Yeah, and he's a rock star and you know, one of the, the innovator of the launch model, right? And so when he does something like that and runs all of that, you know, suddenly runs a million dollars and he's been running a hundred thousand, Jeff does a really good job of communicating that to us. And that's a huge, huge thing. It's not that we don't understand it, but if you think about it, if I've got risk people that are sitting in their offices and we've got flags in our system that alert us when there are anomalies that pop up and somebody who's been running $100,000 a month suddenly does 10 times that in one day, that's going to have a flag pop up. Imagine the difference between just having a flag pop up and having nothing there for that risk person or when that risk person flag pops up, they look in the notes and see, oh, Jeff called last week and told us that he was going to be running a launch and that he was going to be doing five to 10 times his normal revenue. 
great, problem solved. We have, it's a launch model. We have no problem with that, right? So that communication is huge. It really is. And, and guys like Frank, Frank is a fantastic communicator. He'll, he'll actually call me on my cell phone and say, hey, Ryan, I'm going to run this product now. It's this much money. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do X. I'm going to run this, this launch. Are we cool? And I tell him, absolutely. I make notes in the system. We're done. You know, it just it greases those wheels, right? If, if you're going to do big changes, don't freak out the poor risk person because yeah. their job <laughs> is to be their job is to think like a risk person, right? They don't think like the rest of us. They're not sales guys. They're not generally entrepreneurial based thinkers, right? Yeah. They're risk people. Well, and, and I know I'm a pretty boring guy because my revenue is pretty much straight across here. I got I to gotta make it more interesting, I think. But anyways, I'm big on evergreen kind of making it go. But yeah, let's, this is really great insights. I want to s switch just for a second, then we're going to come back to resources on how you know, our fellow entrepreneurs can really get clear on all this. But let's go to the next segment, which is the book of the day, Ryan. And, and yeah, what would be a book that you would recommend your fellow entrepreneurs? Uh, I'd, I'd recommend a book by Ari Meisel called Less Doing. I just saw him out there and uh, I, I told him I love that yeah, book. Yeah, let me put it up on screen. It's Less Doing, More Living, Make Everything in Life Easy. And Ari is a, a very good personal friend. I had him out at my mastermind group maybe four years ago, kind of when he was just getting traction. And, and I don't think the book was even, I don't think it was out then. And uh, just uh, a great guy in something that you and I are passionate about. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. And it's, it's really the book is all about how to outsource certain things, right? There are obviously things you don't want to outsource everything. You, you certainly don't want to outsource your core competencies. But one of the thing, one of the big things, John, that you and I talk about a lot that we've talked about in the Genius Network a lot is doing what you're good at and outsourcing the things you're not good at or having somebody else do the things that you're not so good at. And that book really gives a lot of fantastic advice on how to do that. Yeah, I, I would say because of Ari, I say maybe personal time, 12 hours a week. So, I mean, this is, you know, and that's, that's invaluable to me. You know, it's things that I really don't want to do that I don't do anymore. Um, Let's go, let's go and continue this because, I mean, your, your recommendation yeah. on the application on your smartphone, application of the day, uh, you use something that I use that Ari recommends, kind of a little different solution, but he says this is a good one too. He's just a Mac user and loves that. Other, the, the dark side that we're on, he doesn't love. But uh, what is it? Yeah, it's called OneNote, and I'm on my Mac right now. So yeah. I, oh, do you I, use it on Mac? Yeah. Not only window guys. Uh, and matter of fact, let me put it on the screen. I, I love this application. This is one of the the best ones. And Ryan, share how you use it uh, because you know people uh, Evernote is the alternative one that a lot of people do, but I think OneNote is just so much more robust. Yeah, I and and. I'll be honest with you, I don't even use OneNote. Like, I use a small percentage of the things that it can do. Um, the guys in our office uh, love it. We have a really techie guy in our office named Mark uh, Roberts who does everything on it. So I just take notes on it, and then I, 
every everywhere I go, I, I take notes on it and it syncs with my computer. I can just sync it right into my computer. I can actually um, set appointments on it. I can put notes from here from my uh, from OneNote into meetings, into folders. Uh, it does a lot of fantastic things, and I actually have Mark come down and train me on it all the time. I have him come down and show me more things. Well, <laughs> I can tell you, it does work. It works well. What I love is many of us are a little unstructured, and OneNote is totally in indexable, synchronizes, and it is very robust. Any kind of form of file and so on you can use. And you know, Microsoft, most of us have loved to hate Microsoft, they got this right and they include it for free if you're using any other Microsoft product. So it's, yeah. it's a phenomenal tool. Let's go to the next one. And this is one what a lot of our fellow entrepreneurs are waiting for is resources. And this is at Plat Pay. You've got this good looking young lady who's, uh, does she already have her merchant account on the lemonade stand? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, we, we, we've helped her out. Well, yeah. tell us a little bit about what's at the site and how they might reach out and you know, is there, you know, cause I mean, this stuff is so complicated. And if you talk with somebody that actually knows what's going on, it's really pretty simple and you can you know, make that decision and kind of move forward on it. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that website, um, and we actually changed that site recently cause we were hacked by, by some of, by some, I don't know who we were hacked by, but something else was showing up. So we put that website up there with that young lady. Um, we like the look and feel of that too because we like to uh, appeal not only to a lot of big players but the small guys too that are just getting started, the entrepreneurs, the, the big guys of tomorrow, right? Um, and, and, and we like that. Um, if you go to platpay.com, there's plenty of places there. That I think there's two or three places where you can sign up for a free consultation. Um, you can fill out, uh, just put your email, your phone number and, and just speak to us. One of the things that I think is good is we're a small, we're, we're not a big bank. We're not first data. Um, we're, we, we're a, a group here of about 15 people and we're all in the same building. And so that email request or that phone call will literally come in here to my office and either Tracy or Valinda or Sarah or myself or Jed. I mean, one of us is going to get that call and we can help you guys and happy to talk through it, happy to explain more about how pricing works. And really the best way to contact us is if you fill something out, if you fill out that uh, request for a free consultation, we'll, we'll go through your current processing. We'll tell you if it's, we'll give you a side-by-side -side analysis. We'll tell you what you're paying and why. We'll, we'll help you understand it. And in some cases, it's, it, it, it'll make sense to switch. In some cases, it won't. You know, in some cases it won't, and, and that's okay. We'll, we'll certainly help you, and we'll tell you whether it makes sense and why. No, and I, I think this is invaluable, and it's the kind of thing that I would recommend to my fellow entrepreneurs once a year. You, you do, you, you shop this stuff. You know, if you're not sure, it's a, it's a great thing. But let me, let me summarize, you know, kind of, Ryan, taking a bunch of notes. I've, I've learned a lot from you and kind of the key takeaways. And, you know, I, I'm going to just go, and I'm going to keep it real simple because you should just have the conversation. But, you know, number one, technology. You know, work with somebody that really has the right technology. They've been investing. They know what they're doing. And it's going to work seamlessly with your existing technology. And for those, you know, if you're, if you're new to this side, you know, go ahead and, you know, make sure you, you've got room to grow. 
And then, you know, if you're a major player, you know, you've got technology, it has to work. Second, pricing. Take the time. I know I, I made the mistake when I first started uh, this business. Uh, I, I went ahead and I had you know, a couple of private banking relationships. I'm in financial services. I understand things. Just, you know, I trust the private bank. Well, you know, I got great service. Nice. I got a case of wine at Christmas, all those things. But the pricing once, uh, you know, had a little conversation. Uh, it was not what it should be. And it's easy to have that happen. And then the third part is a relationship. This is, this is going to be, if it's an important part of your business, it's an important relationship. And, and really make sure that you spend the time on it. You know, Ryan, this has been great. You know, we're, going to, we're going to go ahead. We have all the links, the show notes uh, at aasnation.com. You can download the transcript. I'm going to encourage you, you know, for your current clients and you know, as you're growing your business, accelerating for your future clients, these merchant relationships are critical. Ryan's there to help you on it. And with that, let's go out and make a huge difference. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.